mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, on this day in 1805, Lewis and Clark were making preparations for their final push to the Pacific Ocean. They were camped near the Clearwater River in they were camped near the Clearwater River with the Nez Perce in the panhandle of Idaho. From their perspective, they were in uncharted territory. They had a sense of where they were going, but they were not entirely sure how to get there or what perils they would encounter along the way. Like Lewis and Clark during their encampment at the Clearwater, we are also at a turning point in our journey at Redeemer Lutheran Church. I stand before you today as a clear indication of that turning point. This is the first time, or this is the first of what I hope will be many original sermons that I will preach in this place. Also, like Lewis and Clark, we have a sense of where we are going. Hopefully, my ordination and faithful service in this congregation for years to come. But like Lewis and Clark and the Corps of Discovery in 1805, we probably share some uncertainty about how we will get there and what we will encounter along the way. In our gospel reading this morning, Jesus is clear about what we can expect along life's journeys when he tells us temptations to sin are sure to come. Another translation reads, it is inevitable that stumbling blocks will come. During this time of transition along our journey, Will you be tempted to sin? Will I? Has Pastor Beck done something that you don't like, and now you see the opportunity to play the vicar against the pastor? Or will I disappoint or hurt you in some way that will lead you to gossip about me, or vice versa? In our gospel this morning, Christ reminds us, watch ourselves, watch yourselves. Or in 1 Peter, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to destroy. Luther reminds us in his large catechism, the devil is after us, besieging us on every side. Make no mistake, there will be temptations for all of us along this journey, myself included, perhaps even especially me. The devil is prowling in our midst looking for someone to devour, looking to destroy Christ's church right here in Tillamook. During our week of orientation in St. Louis, we were told that the devil will be coming after us like never before. Will there be temptations and stumbling blocks placed in my way? Scripture says so, and the lived experiences of the men who have come before me attest to this truth. So let me just say to you up front, at some point, I will disappoint you. I will fail you in some capacity. I will not live up to the expectations that you have for me, for I am a sinful man. So does this mean that all hope is lost for us, that we are mired in our sin and destined to be ministered by a sinful pastor? Well, I stand before you today and say the answer to that question is no, for we have a savior, Christ Jesus who is the solution to our sin, who by his death and resurrection declares to you and to me here today that you are forgiven.
As Jesus declares that your sins are forgiven, we are called to forgive each other as well. In Luke 17, Jesus instructs his disciples, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. This instruction to forgive should resonate in our hearts and minds, not only as we go down this path at Redeemer, but in our everyday lives and interactions with the world and with each other, for we are called into a ministry of reconciliation. Now, if this isn't difficult enough, here comes the hard part. Jesus goes on to say, if your brother or your sister or your friend or the parishioner sitting next to you in the pew this morning sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Now, some of us might be thinking, whoa, if anyone sinned against me six times in one day, there would not be a seventh opportunity. I would be done with that person. I can only imagine the disciples thinking the same thing. But Jesus went to the cross that we may know forgiveness. He went to the depths of hell so that whether you sinned only seven times in the day or 70 times seven or 70 to the 70th power, he went to the greatest depths that we may know forgiveness. And as forgiven children of God, washed clean in the waters of baptism, we are called to bring that forgiveness to the world. Yes, to share God's message of forgiveness, but also to seek and offer forgiveness to each other. Jesus reminds us in Luke 6, forgive and you will be forgiven. And in Luke 11, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. You see, we forgive because we are forgiven. Luther reminds us, if you forgive, you have the comfort and assurance that you are forgiven in heaven, not on account of your forgiving, but instead because he, God, has set this up as a sign and a promise. Now make no mistake, what Jesus is telling us to do here is hard. If you're anything like me, you might find it easier to hold a grudge than to offer forgiveness or to avoid someone altogether rather than seeking to be forgiven. The disciples certainly knew this too. Returning to our gospel text this morning, when the disciples heard Jesus' command to forgive, they were overwhelmed. They cried out, increase our faith, Lord. And he said, the Lord said, if you had faith, like the grain of a mustard seed. You could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And this is where we come to the point that has always been difficult to me. If you just look at the words on the text, it seems like Jesus is being quite harsh with what would be a sincere cry from his disciples. But this is not the first time that Jesus has spoken like this. Earlier in Luke 12, while Jesus is teaching his disciples, we hear, do not be anxious about your life. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, 
Why are you anxious about the rest? But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? But let me suggest that what Jesus is doing is not a critical indictment of the disciples for their lack of faith, but rather he is affirming their faith. He is acknowledging the presence of faith in his disciples. You see, Jesus had no problem calling out the absence of faith. Take Luke 9. When the father of a boy with an unclean spirit comes to him, Jesus replies, O faithless and twisted generation. So Jesus knew when faith was present and when it was not. But more to the point, it is not the size or the amount of our faith, but it is the object of our faith. The object of our faith being Christ Jesus, who is and was and will always be God with the Father and the Holy Spirit for eternity. The object of our faith is all-powerful. The object of our faith strengthens us to do all things, as we read in Philippians. The object of our faith can cast out demons. The object of our faith can calm the seas. It was the object of our faith by which Peter could walk on water. And it is the object of our faith, Christ Jesus, that loved us so much that he humbled himself to be born a man, to suffer and die on our behalf, and to rise to life with the promise that by the faith that clings to him alone, you are forgiven. You see, it is not by my power or yours by which we can uproot the mulberry tree. Jesus is not suggesting that if we just increase our faith this much, we can develop superhero powers. No, Jesus is telling his disciples, look guys, I got this. Peter, I know you have doubts, but you have faith in me. So I got you. And to his disciples, I know the storm may rage and you may feel battered by the seas, but you don't need to be scared. You have faith in me. I got you. And when we face temptations and stumbling blocks here at Redeemer, remember, because of your faith in him, Jesus also says to you, don't worry, I got you. And when you have been transgressed or aggrieved, when the anger swells inside you and you feel like you're going to burst and you don't know how you can ever forgive that person for what they did to you, there is Jesus saying, you have faith in me, I got you. And when you sin, and you wonder how you can ever show your face in this place again, how you can confront that person that you hurt and ask for their forgiveness, Jesus is again right there beside you saying, why are you afraid? You have faith in me. I got you. Our ladies of the LWML know the value of the faith of a mustard seed. For more than 75 years, their faith has led them to plant mustard seeds around the world, in part through these cool little mustard seed cards that they use to share God's message of love and forgiveness with others. 
And each time they plant one of these mustard seeds, there is Jesus saying, you have faith in me. I've got this. As we all know, the Corps of Discovery successfully reached the Pacific coast and made their way back to Missouri. They were led by faithful leaders in Lewis and Clark, and they had faith in their guide, Sacagawea. There were times along the journey when the men were scared, lonely, and tired. More than a few quarrels broke out amongst the men along the way, but they had faith in Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea, and they made it through. How much greater is our leader than Lewis and Clark? How much greater is our guide than Sacagawea? Christ Jesus is our leader, and the Holy Spirit is our guide. And Jesus promises that the triune God will be with us along this journey. When he speaks to us from John 14, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. The journey ahead for us will be difficult. We will be tempted. We will fall short. But through faith in Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, God's forgiveness is always there. God's strength is always there. God's love is always there. God is always there. Saying, don't worry guys, you have faith in me. I got you. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.